Good morning, folks. Welcome to Canopy Church Online. We're taking kind of a different approach today, not just because we don't have our sort of fancy color lights going on in the background here, or just because you don't see Maria's beautiful smiling face right off the bat, but um, our whole approach today is going to be just a little bit different. Um, today's going to be kind of more of a family talk, but as we jump in, go ahead and grab a Bible if you've got one handy and turn it to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to look at, uh, at some, of, some of the words of Jesus here, right at the end of what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapters 5 through 7 uh, capture this incredible set of teachings um, that's widely recognized as like, the, some of the most powerful teachings and ideas that have ever been communicated in human history. And we're going to jump in at verse 24 in kind of the closing remarks for the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Jesus says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. So in his closing remarks, he uses a metaphor about building. And as awestruck uh, as, as his hearers were at that time, we would do well to, to stand in awe and to give him our listening ears because clearly Jesus has authority and spiritual insight. And if you read through the Sermon on the Mount, that cannot really be denied. But here in this metaphor, Jesus is tapping into something that in which he had really particular insight which was building. Jesus spent 15 years or so before he became a traveling rabbi, he spent his, his life building. He was a craftsman. He was a, a carpenter or a stonemason of some kind. And so he, would, he was incredibly well uh, acquainted with building. Now in Israel, uh, the terrain is very, is very rocky, and there's lots of hills and valleys, and, um, and there were these, these valleys or gullies that at, at key moments in the year, torrential rains would fall, and these valleys or gullies would essentially turn into rivers, and flash floods would, uh, would kind of decimate entire areas. And this was kind of a known and, and somewhat predictable thing. And Jesus, in his time as a, as a carpenter, as a craftsman, uh, he would have known, he would have learned to take care in choosing the site of a building project. And then once having chosen a site, to, to use uh, quality uh, materials and use the best of uh, building techniques in order to ensure that, that the building that you're devoting yourself to is going to last I think we can all agree 
that the last year of life has been like a torrential downpour, followed by flash floods. And I think we've all seen that when, we, when we're zoomed in on the fine details of our own lives. And I think we see that when we look with the widest possible lens at the state of our entire society. The last year has been like a, like a deluge and like flash floods. And as we have all faced that, I wonder here in April 2021, like what's the state of your house? As you look at your career, as you look at your family, as you look at your other key relationships, as you look at your own mental and emotional health, as you look at the state of your finances, as you look at the state of your relationship with God. Like, how's your house doing? As you face those, those downpours and those floodwaters, how is your house held up? Is it in good shape? You feel like you're withstanding those, uh, those challenges and perhaps even growing or, or thriving? Or have some key areas or, or maybe your life across the board, like has it been damaged? Has it been broken? Has it started to collapse? Jesus knew what he was talking about, both with building techniques and strategies, but more importantly, with what it takes to build a life that can withstand the challenges that will invariably come. It may be that the last year is, you know, has, has presented once in a generation challenges, but the simple fact is that life is hard and challenges and down, downpours and flash floods, as it were, are, are kind of an inevitable part of life as we know it. And so, what's the state of your house? Now, here at Canopy, we sum up our mission by saying we intend to devote ourselves to practicing the way of Jesus for the renewal of Chicago. And in large part, that mission statement is drawing inspiration from these words from Jesus. Jesus is saying, if you hear my words and you implement them. So there's the hearing and there's the doing. There's giving heed to his teachings. And then there's actually putting them into practice. And if you do both of those things... You will, it will lead to a life well-lived, a life that is, that is sturdy and rugged and, and that can persevere and endure in the facing of those incredible challenges. And so at Canopy, we intend to practice the way of Jesus, believing that that will, that will lead to the kind of individual lives and the kind of corporate life that can not just withstand challenges, but that can grow and that can even thrive in the midst of them, leading to renewal, not just for ourselves, not just for our families, but for our neighborhoods and our schools and our workplaces and our city itself. 
Now, we are a church plant. You're probably, uh, you're probably pretty well aware of that by this point. You know, in the, in the kind of parlance of uh, Silicon Valley, we're like a startup. And so there's a, there's a scrappiness and there's, um, there's some peculiar demands and some challenges that come along with that. And so as we've been facing these, these society-wide and these city-wide challenges over the last year, I mean, it's been, it's been a really, really challenging time for churches all across the board. You've heard me cite the statistics about millennials and, and, and Gen Zers and younger kind of leaving the, uh, the American church in droves. And every indication is that the last year or so has, uh, has really only served to accelerate that. And that's not even to speak about the challenges of format and how do we worship and how do we be a community when we literally can't even be together because of COVID. And so as challenging as things have been for churches all over the place, and it has been incredibly challenging. I'm talking all the time with friends who are pastors and leaders in churches um, in other places, and, and the challenges have been uh, excruciating at times, and no less so for our little church plant. But one of the things that comes along with being a church plant is what we could call, I guess, a missional adaptability. And it's, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because it means you get to adapt to uh, new challenges and you get to adapt in each progressive season. And it's a bit of a curse because it kind of means you have to adapt. So we don't, we're not sort of encumbered by a great history of tradition and a sense of expectation of like, here's how we've always done things. But it also kind of means we got to be light on our feet and we got to be ready to move or to change or to adapt when, um, when the, the circumstances uh, sort of demand it. Now, you've, if you've been with us for a year or more, you've probably seen some of that missional adaptability uh, play out. But here's what it all comes down to. If our mission is to practice the way of Jesus for the renewal of Chicago, which is kind of another way of saying, listening to the teachings of Jesus and then putting them into practice, not just for our own sake, but for the sake of our whole community and our whole city. The missional adaptability comes back to the question, are the things that we are doing helping us fulfill that mission? And part of our rubric for evaluating that, another way of saying it is, part of the way that we mean to live that out, in fact, the three key ways that we mean to live out our mission is by being with Jesus, being in community, and being on mission. And so as we look at the things that we are devoting our time and our energy and our resources to, we have to continually ask the question, are these things helping us accomplish our mission of practicing the way of Jesus by being with Him and by being in community and by being on mission? And as we ask those questions, we have to be willing to let things die. Now that sounds maybe a little extreme, a little harsh. I believe we draw inspiration from Jesus himself, who in John 15 said that the Father himself takes any fruit 
or any, any branch rather, that is bearing fruit and he prunes it. He cuts off kind of the dead or the, uh, or, or the wildly growing parts of that branch in order that the branch as a whole may become more fruitful. And so there's something in the processes and in the character of God himself that is willing to, to prune and to pare and to cut things off when need be. Now that's often not a very fun or, um, or easy or comfortable process, but as we uh, recognize the need for missional agility, as we ask the question, are the things that we are doing helping us serve our God-given mission? We have to be ready, willing, and able to end things if we recognize that the answer to those questions is, in fact, no. Now, all of this is a bit of a preamble uh, driving at this um, discernment that we have been doing over the last few months. As you know, we began meeting in this format online uh, with pre-recorded video, with um, you know, community meant to be facilitated through chat window during our worship uh, times, followed by a Zoom call. And, uh, and, and we've been asking ourselves the question, and the we there is primarily Maria and I, but also some of our other key leaders and, uh, and, and members of our board of directors. So we're asking ourselves the question, is this format, which it actually requires a significant investment of time and of energy and of resources, uh, mainly for me, to be frank, um, this is about 20 to 30 hours a week to make uh, a one hour uh, or so a week service, or every two weeks even, uh, happen, which is not an insignificant amount of time. And, uh, and as we have run this format and, and the devotion of that time and energy through the rubric, through the question, is this helping us serve our, uh, accomplish our mission, rather? We've come to the conclusion that we don't, in fact, believe that this is um, helping us accomplish that mission. And there is a, there's an absolute need when you are a startup and when you are young and, uh, and, and adaptable, there's an absolute need to be strategic about what you devote time and energy and resources to. And so we don't make this decision flippantly because I recognize that meeting together in this format has allowed some of you to connect with us uh, in spite of what otherwise would have been a significant geographic uh, obstacle. It's allowed you to connect and to be with us to, in a way on Sundays. And, uh, and we recognize that shifting away from this format may pose new challenges. And, and in fact, it may make it uh, difficult, if not impossible, for some of you to connect with us in the same way. And, uh, and that's not something that I, I quickly or easily disregard. But our mission is to practice the way of Jesus for the renewal of Chicago. And so we, we must keep our sights set on this city that the Lord has called us to. And we must keep our sights set on practicing His way 
and growing into the fullness of all that Jesus has for us to be and to do. This, uh, this might be challenging. This might be uncomfortable. This might be painful for some of you. It, it really is for me uh, as well. But I think my responsibility as a leader and, um, and all, all of our responsibilities together for those of us who are given the responsibility to help lead and to make, make key decisions is, um, well, he, here's what the responsibility really is. It's, a, it's to tune our ears to Jesus. Because ultimately, this isn't my church. It doesn't belong to me. Um, and, uh, and it's ultimately, ultimately not on my shoulders to make this church grow or to build it myself. Jesus said that I will build my church and the gates of Hades itself will not be able to prevail against it. And elsewhere, Jesus was shown unequivocally to be the good shepherd that had been spoken about by the prophets uh, hundreds of years before. He is the senior pastor of his people. So my responsibility, Maria and I's responsibility together, is to see ourselves as under-shepherds, to place ourselves under his authority and to do our best to listen to him and to discern how he is leading as best we can discern, Jesus is leading us to kind of shift away from this format. Now, we're not yet crystal clear what we are shifting into, but we know that it involves a return to kind of square one of being the church. Now, as vaccines are rolling out, some of you had just gotten, you know, uh, your first shot in the last week or so, and that's awesome. We celebrate that with you. Others of you will, Lord willing, be, be getting vaccinated in the next few weeks or months. And as the weather um, warms up, it, it, uh, both of those things together are going to open up new opportunities to connect and to be together in person. And so while we don't yet have crystal clarity about shifting away from our current format, uh, we don't yet have crystal clarity about what we are shifting into. We know that, um, that we need to be together however we can, meeting it, it, with a greater level of simplicity, cutting away kind of some of the liturgical or uh, formal or strictly presentational aspects that have been sort of implicit to us meeting together in this format. So our intention is to begin as quickly as possible, hopefully as soon as next Sunday. Our intention is to begin meeting together um, in whatever venue is available and appropriate uh, at that time and to marshal our resources in order to kind of return to the basics of practicing the way of Jesus for the renewal of Chicago. As we do that, I want to invite you, whatever your involvement, whatever your connection or relationship to our little community has been, I want to invite you to consider Stepping in, like take a next step in involvement, in engagement, in relationship. Because if Jesus is going to build his church, and of course we know when he said that, he wasn't just talking about canopy. 
He was talking about his church globally and his church throughout nations and people groups. And make no mistake, Jesus is building his church. We don't yet know what that building project is going to look like for us or for Canopy. But we do know if we're going to be a part of it, if we're going to be a part of seeing Jesus build his church, in other words, forming a community that is a family on mission that is living out his teachings in real time, if we're going to see that happen, it has to happen together or it's not going to happen at all. So I want to invite you today to step in to community. To keep your ears open for communication about where and when and how we're going to be meeting moving forward. But to make it your intention and your choice to step in. To lock arms with us as we seek His power and His presence. As we seek to practice the way of Jesus for the renewal of our city. As we shift into a time of worship where the heartbeat of, of our worship time together will be the prayer that, that, that Jesus would build our lives on his love. Let's seek him in prayer. Let's ask that he would build his church. Let's ask that we would be sensitive to the moving of his spirit. And I ask that you would pray for us, that we would be diligent under-shepherds, listening attentively to the leading of our Good Shepherd. Would you pray for us? And would you join with me in praying to Him now? Jesus, you are the Good Shepherd. You are our senior pastor. God, we, we place no confidence in man-made strategies, in, uh, in man-made building techniques for building the church. God, we've seen the kinds of fruit that that bears. We've, kind of, we've seen the kinds of churches that that results in. Jesus, we desire to be a church that you are building stone by stone, life upon life into a community that would be a temple of your power and of your presence right here in this city that is so hurting, that has been hurting for so long and that right now is hurting with the death of a 13-year-old boy at the hands of police. God, we desire for the winds of your Spirit to move in this place and we know that we need that same movement, that same renewal power in our own lives, God. As we honestly assess the state of our house, like there's been damage. I see that in my own life. I see emotional and mental turmoil and anxiety and, and stress. Ways in which the, the downpour of the last year has just like, has just wreaked havoc. We need you, Jesus. We need you to put us back together. And we need, we need fresh wind and fresh fire. We need your hands engaged in the work of building us. And we, we need to be formed more fully into a family that's living life 
on life in love and in generosity and in care and in living as salt and light in this city that needs it. So Jesus, would you have your way among us? Would you have your way? We surrender to you, Jesus. Not our will, but your will be done in our midst. Let your kingdom come to Chicago, to our neighborhoods and our households, just as it is in heaven. We pray in your powerful and holy name. Amen.